Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We would like to acknowledge the Shumash, Keech, and Tongva people, the traditional custodians of the land this podcast is being recorded on, and pay our respects to the elders, past, present, and emerging. Salad or Dali, through a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kinda gnarly. We're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. We're recording. You're getting me in the morning. I love you in the morning. It's going to be, you do? I love you because you're a little bit like a cross between a baby <laughs> and like a crotchety, grumpy old woman. And I love both of them. Oh, that's so nice. But you are out of it. We've, um, <laughs> that's how it is in the ways. But I have learned because I wake up with such a spring in my step and I feel like for the first five years of being together, I would bombard you with just questions and information and ideas like before you were out of bed. And then I came to realize you would give me answers to things and not retain any of it. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like you shouldn't, you can't sign a contract in certain head spaces or with a gun to your head. Like I learned not to make you commit to anything early in the morning. That's true. Because then later I'm like, oh, wait, you didn't tell me that. Yeah. You're like, you need one of those hats of like, don't don't ask me anything before coffee. <laughs> <laughs> there was a shop in where were we like uh where's that hotel that Maryland they shot some like it hot. There was one of those like touristy shops and everything in it was like it's wine time, whatever, all those corny like when I was a kid, there was a thing in Sydney, an institution called Paddy's Markets. And it was um, a giant marketplace just full of stalls in a giant warehouse um, in Sydney. And I would go there quite often with my parents. And the stall that I had a particular attraction and reverence to was really cheaply produced, jokey graphic t-shirts. Right. And I saw all these graphic t-shirts up at this stall and they were about, you know, they sold for like $12 or $15 each. And I remember at the time I really liked Guns N' Roses as a Motley crew. Yes. And I was thinking, if I had the kind of money that Slash had from Guns N' Roses, I would just come here and buy every single oh t-shirt. God. It was like that thing when kids think, if I had my parents' money, I would just go to a candy store yeah, yeah, and buy yeah. every candy. That you sometimes get the first thing with your money, your work money, you get the thing that you wanted when you were a kid. Like well, like Easy E from NWA. Yes. He, when he was a kid, he was not allowed to order more than one drink when they went to a restaurant. So when he got rich, that's like our friend Diane. Yeah, he would order every like four beverages. He'd have right. like a Coke, a milkshake, a soda, yeah. you know, whatever. And um, that was his big splurge. I'm trying to think of what mine is. I think everything. I mean, I didn't grow up with a lot of money, so almost any. I mean, it wasn't, you know dirt poor as they say, but I don't know. I'm still like that. Like I saw, again, just tying back to my rock and roll dreams as a kid, I saw the Motley Crue Uncensored video where Vince Neil is in a jacuzzi 
that's built into the back of a stretched limousine. Oh, yeah. And he's driving down Sunset Boulevard and he's got like two chicks in it. And he's like, show them what they do at home, sweet home. And, and the girls are flashing <laughs> their breasts to tourists. And, and it, at a primal level, I still believe that is success. Yeah. Like when I think about I what mean, success who doesn't is. want to be in a car in a limousine? Like a, in a jacuzzi, like a jacuzzi in, a limousine. in a limousine. I think I would want, I used to think I would want only a, like a butler and instead of like other things because I would want someone to manage me. I guess it's like an that's an assistant that people have. Yeah, but you, I, li- I like the idea that you call it a butler. You've well, always no. wanted a butler. Well, no, just, yeah, it's somebody who- It's your Downton uh, Abbey side. Well, yeah, yeah, they answer the door for you and they do all of that. But you know I have both sides. This is my version of, of S&M. I've got <laughs> the geisha and the queen. Like I want- You're every- a totally a closed loop. You're yes. able to do both. I for almost yourself. want no one to talk to me unless I've started and they're answering a question of mine. You know, the thing. I mean, that's oh, like a Morrissey, like don't look her in the eye type thing. You know, when you're in a taxi and you just think, well, maybe it should be that if I start talking, then you can talk. But if, you know, that kind of thing, which I think is something that the queen, you don't start talking to the queen. You don't want to be forced to lower yourself to the level if you're of not just in the civilians. Mood. It's, no, it's just about the mood. That's if right. you're it not should, in the mood. Uh, yeah. And then- um, It so- should be at your whim. It's more like a king bringing in jesters. That they entertain the king just for the mood and the pleasure of the king. If you're dictating when it should happen, when you should be associated with, depending on if you know the mood of it's all about the mood. (laughs) But there's an. But I like the inherent privilege in being able to shape all of your interactions just based on your mood. There's very little (laughs) sense of obligation or social contracts involved in that. It's just like if I'm in the mood, I will talk to you. Yeah, I mean, I also, I do like respect, like I was recently working on this acting and something and this younger actress who's, I don't know, she's more famous than me. Name her, name her. No, you don't have to name her. (laughs) So yeah, and she, I was on the set doing, doing a sort of favor job and I'm on the set doing not stunts, but I'm practicing, you know, as you do. Were you beheading someone or were you being beheaded? Listen, it was, it was meant to be a kitschy, um, yeah, it was meant to be a pulp kind of nuns with guns nuns with guns kind of movie so anyway and i'm so there was all this outrageous stuff and and so i'm doing kind of physical stuff and getting the scene down and stuff before we shot and then the younger actress rolls up and she was like in a bad mood and i'm like on the floor in a certain position getting ready to then she was had arrived to rehearse she was late and she was sort of rude to, to me in her tone. And I gave her a look and you wouldn't think I'm so sweet. I look so ethereal. Oh, that's, that is someone that has but, never had to negotiate a car lease with you. Would only think that. When I, um, when I give a look or when I get in a certain thing. It could kill. Your, your looks, they have actually that's killed why before. That's it's called look, if looks could kill. No, they're lethal. And she was respectful. And she was that. on the receiving end of one and it shifted the whole tone, right? Yeah, because I don't, I mean, even if she didn't quote on in quotes know who I was, because I'm sort of not someone who even knows who I am. Like, I'm not, I'm not aware I'm an actor. Oh act. my God. <laughs> oh my God. That is up there. You've said some genius things in your time, but how can I expect her to know who I am? Because I don't even know well, who I am. I mean, like, I don't walk around like, I'm an actress. I'm an actress. It's, it's like, I. But I, you, you are familiar with your work. 
I, I am, but I don't know. Mildly, moderately. I don't yeah, know yeah. if that many people are, but I think more than I think. But anyway, it's not that. It's not that I, but you know, a tiny bit of that. Like, not like she should have done research. Do you know who I think I am? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I gave her a look like, don't you fucking like treat me like that? Anyway, maybe that was a bit. <laughs> I didn't say that. Hey, the look said it all. You didn't the need to say it. The look said it all. But then the geisha side, like I want to fawn and be a fan of someone and just worship and take care of probably mostly, well, women and men, like emotionally and fit. like I do also, I l- would love to like just treat people as well. So I have that side. Is it okay to say geisha side? Does that sound weird? No. I don't know. I will. I'm. We'll find out. I had a really <laughs> let's really find out. Crazy, let's play with fire. Really crazy dream. Uh, you were in. Oh, tell me. I had a crazy dream too with Rose Byrne to, last night. Oh, with Rose. Byrne. Yeah. I thought you. Were I saw that. Rose's stomach in my dream, and it was like covered in fur, but oh. like a um, it, it was like a bear or something. Anyway. <laughs> That's cute. What was your? I can't. It's so raunchy. Oh my God, please. Just say, I'll bleep some out. I'll bleep some. You and two other guys, you wanted to um, have something. (laughs) But it had this like slinky on it. So let me just say it is if this is the part of you keep in, there was some. They can keep all of it in. Sex thing with a slinky on it. But there was the part you wouldn't like. And I'm not saying. You're homophobic, but you wouldn't be down to like have a sexual encounter with two other men in it. So there were two men and they also wanted it. And it was just a bit too, like the vibe was a bit too raunchy and weird for you. I mean, you love fun and things, but, and it was just too overwhelming. It would have been- For me or for you? For for both, actually. It would have been this like- strap on with a slinky on it and two other men who are going to do it too. Do you think this was inspired by when me, Sam and Adrian were having a swim together in the pool the other day? (laughs) I don't know what it was inspired by, but I just remember thinking, I was just thinking like, this is cool that he wants something, but I was sort of trying to like, I don't know. I just, it was. Did you like it? Was it appealing to you, the situation? It never went. You actually woke me up before anything happened. You mean in real life or in the dream? In the dream, before anything, before the action really happened. Okay. Sorry. No, I'm happy because it wasn't, (laughs) if it had been a sex dream that I was into and you woke me up, I would be sad. Yeah. But this one was one that I was like trying to figure out how to get involved, like try to like, (laughs) how do I enjoy this one? And. And um, so it was like, I, I, I was supportive of you in, in my mind, but I was happy for you to have a fun experience. But I Aww, See, guys, what we're modeling for you with this podcast is just <laughs> marriage between two creative people after years, how you just continue to figure things out. And if there does come a day where I need to experience a slinky strap on um, <laughs> with two of my mates in the swimming pool, Ioni's just going to be like, I'm happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> so last night at dinner, you were telling the story of your mum's gay friends cosplaying as her straight husband. Well, yeah. No, I was just saying my mom, I grew up with a lot of gay men and one of them, Bobby Burton, would like sometimes dip into my stepfather's like clothes and do, you know, a normcore? Yeah. You recall? I recall. He was an early adapter of norm, normcore. 
core, norm core. He uh, like sometimes would be wearing like these sort of very basic like shorts or something. And my mom would just be like, like khaki, like cargo shorts. Or yeah, something my like mom that. would be like, Bobby, are those Richards? And he'd be like, yes, like because he was a fabulous gay man, whatever. But, you know, he liked sometimes playing role playing as a, you know, in my stepfather's very cis. Is that the term? Mm -hmm. Clothes. I love the idea that you can become so flamboyant that you need to raid a middle-aged straight man's wardrobe to kind of feel like you're pushing the boundaries. Yeah. You did normcore when you were driving a Camry. That's right. Yeah, that was your normcore move. Yeah, I've had- You spent months searching for a cool car. I and then a, suddenly yeah. you settled for a Toyota Camry and you rolled up in it. I and can go like, this norm is, This core. is where you went? <laughs> and I go gray. Like, I love a kind of like, I'll go gray Toyota Corolla. But this Camry, I mean, I'm a car lover. You don't care. Anytime we, we, we like need a new car in our lives, because, you know, LA, you need cars. I go in a deep deep dive for, you know, I spend many hours. I appreciate getting in a cool car, but I can't pretend I actually care about it. Yeah. I mean this, so we had a Camry and it was like, it was so basic that I, you know, somehow you said I could make even the most. You were just such a naturally subversive human being that when you go normcore, it's still bizarre. Right. It's like when someone fucks with you so much yeah. that you can't tell whether they're joking anymore. Yes. It's like that. Like you driving a Toyota Camry is like, hang on, you, you're you saying something with this. Yeah. This means something. This is reminding me of what I Toyota did. Camry's a good car though. Oh. Nothing wrong. I, I mean, mean, that's part of it of that you day, liked it because it was a steady ride. So true. Yeah. Speaking of the fucking with someone, I remember I was dating somebody, this actor and we were, he was here, we were having a little party and, you know, he was a little drunk. And then later at the end of the party, he said, I have something to tell you. I've um, hair plugs. And I said, oh, okay. Like I didn't care. And he was like, I'm just kidding. And I was like, okay. And he was like, no, I do. And I was like, okay. And he was like, no, no, I'm just kidding. But I was like, art, do you, or don't you, or it wasn't fucking with me. It was just like, I think he revealed something, but then he, his I don't own know if he was admission joking. to vulnerability terrified him. Maybe. And he pulled back and then he pushed forward or again. Or he was joking because he was a genius and he was just sort of saying it because it was funny. Do you think you can manifest hair loss? Like, like, I feel like I manifested my own receding hairline through admiring this character, Jim from Neighbors. I always loved he had like that kind of hairline that recedes here and then comes down. What do you call that? You know what I mean? It's like a bit of a like, a it's like an peak? M. Yeah, a but not a widow's peak that goes like low. It's just like when it recedes back oh, you like in that? like two mountains. I always found it very, um, <laughs> it looked wise and it uh, looked regal. And maybe. I thought I want to bald, bald like that one day. But because my dad did that kind of balding that was like just, all. He just lost all his yeah. hair except on the sides. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I just sort of thought that type of balding was quite like virile. Yeah. And I always admired it as a kid. And now I am kind of balding like that. Right. And I wonder if I manifested my male pattern baldness. Well, the manifestation thing is, I used to, it's so funny. I was, man, I would manifest in my mind sometimes for what I wanted my old life to be like a farmhouse that was so nice wait like as a like retiree or something yeah yeah so sexy so you were like manifesting your golden years yes like what do i want them so i i don't know about the manifestation i do know that like just sort of i when i was a kid i thought a lot about like dudes and sex and stuff and like nice houses 
And like in my life, I have had, and I love Dudes loved, and sex and nice houses. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. I know that like what I've concentrated on in my life has often turned into things that have happened, but I credit them as much with the amount of intense action that I've taken on my dreams and my fantasies rather Very than just how much I've concentrated Very on Very Republican. Really? No, I'm kidding. No, no. I just get nervous of the whole, like, if you just work hard, you can- Don't you, don't you get more nervous of the idea of you don't have to work hard? You can just think of good things and good things will happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm just thinking it's not an even playing field. But with hair loss, it isn't an even playing field. No, that's true. That's true. You right. know who Jim was? He no. was on Lost. Oh, which guy? He was the guy he ran. He was like a corporate guy who ran the company, like the airline or something. Um, Jim from Neighbours, Jim Robinson, was yeah. played by Alan Dale. English? No, Australian. Oh, yeah. And he's this guy. Do you remember him from Lost? Vaguely. He, uh, hang on, he played, let me look. So Neighbours is this Aussie show, but it really had a crossover in England because I recall watching it in England. Oh, it was huge in England. Yeah, on Lost, he was this, he looked like that. Everybody needs good neighbors. He played Charles Widmore. He was- um, And let's see his hair loss. Well, this is later. By the time he got on Lost, he'd like actually lost. (laughs) (laughs) He'd lost quite a lot of it. But let me see if I can find him when he was on Neighbours because that was really the- That was the hot. That was the receding headline that I thought was pretty sexy. Girls, again, women, again, are more forgiving. Like a hot man who's bald, they'll forgive. They love it. It's kind of sexy. Here, look at this. This was the hair loss that I was after. Do you see that? Oh, yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool, right? Very cool. My hair loss is not that different to that. He could, yeah, it's a, his is a little short around the sides. Maybe we're holding on to your beautiful curls and you should shorten the sides. Do you think more. I need to release the side curls, the payas? Maybe, because like I think we're holding on to the fact that you have like a lot of beautiful curls. My luscious locks. Your luscious locks. I know what to embrace as we get older and what not to. Yeah. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. How much are we loving the rehearsal, the Nathan Fielder show? Yeah, I'm, he's the Barata of the cheese world. I, I, I always refer to that when something's like the darling of the darling of of. Because no, no, we no, were at a restaurant. That, that, that doesn't make sense though, the way you said it. So you, the whole the story was that Barata is the darling of the cheese world, and you just called Nathan Fielder the Barata <laughs> of the cheese world. I just mean <laughs> Do right you mean now. of the comedy world. Maybe yeah. He's the darling. Of the comedy, of the comedy world. world. It sounds as, rude, but- as Barata is the darling of the cheese or world. Or was. Now there's a whole new cheese. That's true. What's replaced Barata? Oh, man. I should know. I'm aged out of what's the cool. You can look up what the I'm cool. I'm going to Google what's the hip new cheeses. Yeah. 
I do remember a time when rosé, believe it or not, in in America at least, wasn't a thing until the 90s. Like, I just remember all this And now it's rosé all day. (laughs) (laughs) So we had a very disrupted night's sleep, which is why we're a bit out of it. So we came home from a very nice dinner. Goldie had had a friend over and then her friend had left. And we were like, hey, we were in a good mood. We were like, let's do our pod tonight because we knew we had to do it. So we were like, let's do it tonight. We had had a nice dinner and we were ready to chat. And Goldie was like, hey, I'm in the mood to do my movie review. This is a new segment. Can I do it now? So we taped the movie review. So I'm going to throw to that now. This is uh, some audio from last night. And it ends with Goldie telling a secret to the listeners that is the reason why we had a hard night's sleep. Here we go. Please welcome back to the Weirder Together podcast, our resident in-house movie reviewer, Goldie Lee. Hello. Goldie Lee, you had a big week of movie watching? Yes, I did. And which movie are you going to be talking to us about this week? Hereditary. Hereditary, an A24 indie artistic horror movie starring Tony Collette. Yes. So break it down for us. What did you think? So Hereditary... I'm not going to give much spoilers because Ben and Ione have not watched the whole thing. Otherwise known as mom and dad. Yes. Yes. Um, Basically, people said it was scary, really scary. I think it was more disturbing. Like there was a few disturbing parts, like gross, disturbing, you know, just like that's creepy, you know. But I think that people built that up more. People were like the scariest movie I've ever seen. I didn't think it was scary. I thought it was a great movie and I thought the acting was amazing and my mouth was like <gasps> the whole time. <laughs> Did you watch it in the daytime or the nighttime? And you'd heard this was the scariest movie whatever made or Um, one of the scariest horror movies, they said. So if that's true, then that means I'm either really not scared of stuff or I just watch it in the daytime. <laughs> and um, what would you want to tell us anything about the basics of the plot without giving anything away? So the plot, I would, I would never be able to like explain it to someone else what it's actually about because the ending is like, I would say it's more, it's not supernatural. Like, hey, it's superpowers, I fly. But it's more like, it has some like spell casting stuff, but not really. It's more like witchy vibes. Like, in a good way. I would say it's almost as good as Get Out. Whoa. That's a big call from you. Yes. So would you say this is your second favorite horror movie of all time? I don't consider Get Out as much of a horror. Okay, so what would you give it? I know your rating is out of 100. Yes, so the other one was 99. Yeah. I would say this one is 98. 98% for Hereditary. Even 98.5. Like and before I'm done, can I tell the podcast something? Yeah, please. But you guys can't be here. Okay, but I am going to edit it. So I'll when will it you later. edit it? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay, perfect. Okay. You can't know tonight. Well, should we just cover our ears? This is a big secret. Okay, we actually have to leave the room. You have to leave the room. Okay. Go in your room. Okay. Okay. So basically, I'm going to talk a little bit quiet because I don't want my parents to hear this. Right now, I have my two friends in my bedroom who are sleeping over, and my parents no idea that they're here. We snuck them here as soon as my parents left because I was staying home alone. My parents are going to sleep and we're going to have so much fun and then in the morning. So yeah, I just snuck my friends in here and they're actually here right now. We have a code word, yams. If I say yams, they have to go into the covers. If I say double yams, they have to go in the closet. If I say triple yams, they have to go outside. And yeah, they've had to go outside already. And yeah. Okay, guys, you can come back. So don't tell them. I mean, actually, they'll find out tomorrow when 
muy aburrida. You cannot edit this until tomorrow. Tomorrow, it's fine. Today, All right. no. All right. Love you. Good Love night. You. Good night. So double yams. Uh, this plan would have gone off beautifully, I think, except that these kids could not shut up through the night. So we were trying to go to sleep. <laughs> They're slamming doors. They're laughing. At a certain point, I turned to you. We were like, how many kids are here? What was the naughtiest thing you ever did around her age? I used to like steal i mean my mom never smoked cigarettes but back then her friends did and i would immediately go to like an ashtray and stand over the sink and smoke like little butts i get 12 13 of these cigarettes what else good head start um i would definitely rifle through my mom's stuff yeah i would steal beers from my dad me and my friends would take a like little vb and share it yeah my mom it's funny she wasn't a big drinker and i like didn't like drinking i wasn't trying her pot yet that was later okay this is the end so you can cut it out easily if this isn't good yeah less sure. editing for you sure 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 what does that mean this is the end so again cut well because like you don't want to talk too long because you're like i have to edit it <laughs> you know what i mean i want to talk for everyone oh, don't keep you. this part why in. because i love all the just I'm impromptu editing I don't know if partying at night is a good idea for us generally. It's like we have a fantasy that it's going to be great and we generally get on the mic and get really tired. Is that, uh, were you tired? I'm no, like, I don't know. Just the, the vibe was tired. It's not as good. It's the vibe as, was tired. Yeah, recording in the morning is better for us. We're just yeah. coming to know ourselves as yeah. podcasters. That's so true. This is such a, we're on 11 episodes now and it's actually, I'm finding it to be quite an interesting journey. Yeah. It's an improvised dance space. It's like we create this little container. What's like as a husband and wife, your sex life, where you come back to a familiar space, but it's different every time too. Yeah. And part of the intimacy of it is the continuing to show up and experiencing it. Mm-hmm. So I'm finding it kind of powerful. I am too. I am finding it powerful as well. Um, but maybe it's just I like hearing myself in my own headphones. <laughs> <laughs> you do like I know I take that Everybody for granted as a singer. That. It's like you always get to that, but other people are like, wow, I can hear myself talk. <laughs> oh, you know what was amazing? I listened to the new Thought Spiral today. Firstly, Thought Spiral is one of our favorite podcasts and a bit of an inspiration for this podcast, yes. I think, too, because it's Andy Kindler and Josh Elvis Weinstein just sort of just bullshitting together and enjoying their friendship. And I think that was a big part of what led us to want to do this. But Josh said something amazing today on the new one. They were talking about Dave Chappelle and Josh said he thinks he's mean Jesus. Dave (laughs) Chappelle is mean Jesus. He thinks he's mean Jesus. Oh, he thinks he is. Yeah, he thinks he's just raining punishment down on the ignorant from a very righteous place. Oh my God, I love that. That's an incredible quote. He thinks he's mean Jesus. I love also the the Mike Tyson thing you said. That was from Sam Fragoso's podcast. Another podcast. Talk Easy. We should also just, we're going to be putting out a bunch of pods, but we should also keep recommending ones because I find that like, even when I meet, friends that they're like, oh, these are my five favorite podcasts. Sometimes I've never heard of any of them. Like there's so much stuff out there, but Talk Easy is a beautiful podcast. And on the last episode, the the last Talk Easy podcast was Resma Menachem. And it's an incredible podcast about, he doesn't talk about white people and black people. He talks about white bodies and black bodies Mm -hmm. and how they experience things differently. But he tells this amazing story about Mike Tyson's coach 
and how Mike Tyson's coach said, look, I, I know you can be the heavyweight champion of the world, but you only like coming into the gym and practicing the things you love to do. I need to, you to start coming to the gym and practicing the things you don't like as if you love them. And I was thinking about how for everything, for like music, tennis, being a well-rounded human being, being aware of our own prejudices. That's the context he brought it up in, in the sense of examining our own racism, that it does not feel good to do, but we need to do it as if we love it. Right. And how powerful that is to sort of, to actually become a champion in that sense is always about having the willingness to put time and energy and muscle into the things that we don't like doing. And he, cause he was also talking about being an ally, not really being much of anything. Yeah. He was saying he didn't like the term ally. He was sick of it because he felt that an ally is a noun when it should be a verb. Your allyship is really just defined by what you do. And so he wanted to know what people were doing to combat their own racism yeah. and prejudices. Yeah. Anyway, we didn't get any voicemails this week, so that's why there's none. If anyone wants to send us one, no pressure, but you can email us at weirdertogetherpod. Oh, they haven't. Did they listen to the one where we yeah, were- Yeah, they bit- probably listened to us being too harsh on the last one and I all got know. a little nervous. But you can you can email us at weirdertogetherpod at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on our socials, rate and view. It was really what? nice how she was- I oh, love how whenever I'm wrapping up, you just start new <laughs> stuff. Now tell me, what was it? What were you going to say? No, the last caller was didn't want to disturb her bird because it was sitting on an egg. And that's nice. But anyway, you can rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, Goldie, for your hereditary movie review. Thank you for pulling- the attempted prank of the century on us by uh, waking us up all night, waking us up all night, and non-consensually having people in our home. In general, we love you, and we'd like to say, "Beautiful babies!" Bye, beautiful babies. Together, together we're weird. We're weird together. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.